And we are back with Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. I'm Dr. Levin Fairchild, here with Dr. Alexander Buttress, and today we are talking about the elusive step exam. Mm, yes, that dreaded <laughs> beast that haunted our lives for... The worst test two years of I have ever school? taken. Oh, without a doubt. Like, between MCAT and step yeah. one... Don't even get me started talking about the MCAT, even in comparison <laughs> to step one. It's like, it's apples and oranges. And granted, they're, they're daunting at different times in your journey through this process. But the implications of step one are, in my opinion, much greater. However, and, that's somewhat changed. Yeah. Totally. No, it's totally changed. I was about to say. As I mean, of it's, recent it's, events. It's, today is, it's 2023. Yes. Me and you took this exam, what, in 2017? It's 20, 2019. 2017? No, 2018. I took it. Okay. Either way, yeah, halfway yeah. through our But I mean, but journeys, regardless, yeah. regardless, step one, we took it when there was still a score. There was a score. It mattered, especially if you were trying to do... It's, it's actually all that mattered. I know a lot of programs that filter, literally filter out applicants based just on step one score. Yep. Like yep. there was a filter, they said, and if it was not above 235, you just got filtered out. It don't matter if you're the greatest applicant in the history of mankind and you had... Your parents both died the day before your step exam, and you got on there, and you were distraught, and you did terrible. They they didn't care, nope. you know. And so they have too many applicants. And yeah, step they had, one was a way to weed down the number of folders on the desk. Yeah, purely because of a score, they could, because a, they were able to do that. Uh, yeah, just a, a quantitative score. But but it's twenty twenty three. It is. And what does that mean? And step one is no longer a scored exam. Pass fail. It's a pass fail. Yep. Medical school has taken one of the biggest exams that have ever that's ever existed in medical school. Yeah. It's one of those fabled, for residency. It's a fabled exam. It is. It is. It's for, like for, the bar. It's like you know the MCAT, <laughs> your SAT. These are tests we hear about. Step one was one of those, and it's it's a completely I, different. I, I cannot believe it's a pass now. fail in twenty twenty three, and that it has went to. I mean, this was for the last, what, 25, 30 years. This is all programs used to, to essentially, this yeah. was their first step at screening an applicant. Yeah. So so for some context, for if we have some undergrad students or pre-med students who are um, going to be going down this road and have made the decision to apply to medical school, for some background detail on what is step one. Yeah. So the step exams are board licensing exams for getting your medical license when you're an actual practicing physician. There's three parts. Step one comes after your first two years of medical school. It is based, it is a comprehensive test essentially on everything you learn during steps one, during years one and two of medical school. Yeah. Which is not a small amount of material. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I, I literally, so I pulled it up on the USMLE website and it says it's a one day exam divided into seven 60 minute blocks and administer in one eight hour testing session. Jeez. <laughs> up to 280 questions. Yep. I had to pull it back up because I don't remember. I mean, I, I feel like if, if you're like me. No. I faded out at yeah, the end yeah. of that. I, at, when this was over, this whole, you know, time span of my life studying for step one, I just erased it nope. whenever, it whenever I finished. horrible. I remember de- uh, there's something called dedicated as well. <laughs> dedicated. <laughs> God, I hoped to never have to talk about it again. But your, your dedicated period is usually the month. Everyone it takes about a month. Um before your step exam where you stop taking classes, you stop going to lectures, and you purely study for the step exam. Um, 
doesn't mean that you weren't studying before that because nowadays, or at least in our day, almost all the lectures I would receive in medical school had the content, but then also like, okay, and then highlights from first aid or that were specifically meant to focus on um, things that step finds important. Right. First aid. I mean, good God. Yep. Is that book even going to have any existence anymore? I mean, with a pass fail exam now, I, I don't know what the new pass score is. But I mean, I think it used to be like, well, I don't know, like 198 or something like yeah, super, super low. Like, I mean, you basically yep. just, you sign your name on the paper and you could put straight C's probably, whatever the answer choices were, and you'd probably get, you know, 200 or whatever the score was. But I mean... It's hyperbole. To, to be, to be past fail now, and so I was looking it up as well. So after January 26, 2022, so literally a year ago, prior to that, it did go to pass fail, but they still had a score. They gave a score and a pass fail. Ever since that day... It is pass fail only. So this is going to be the first year in residency programs where there is no score at all. Like no score. Like yeah. a residency program is going to get your application <clears throat> and it is going to say P or F for step. So I don't even like, is there a purpose for first aid anymore? Is there a purpose for dedicated? Like what is, the, is there a need for for all of this anymore? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't, I don't think there is. I mean, I think you just, you study just enough to pass it. Like yep. the, the score, there is no score anymore. It's, it's just a P or F. Yeah, so there are several things we kind of need to touch on uh, about what this change implicates. So it used to be that a lot of people studied, the way they even approached their lectures, approached their daily schedule in medical school, which is important, it all changes because it used to be about obtaining a competitive score on step one. Yeah. Especially for students like us that were going into what we knew was going to be a competitive specialty, people who went into specialties. At, at our time, general surgery had a, you know, it, it was a generous score. I think 230 was the average step score. Yeah, I think it's even higher um, now. It's probably higher it's like now. It's 239 yep, now. It's up closer to 240. Well, I guess it's PF now, but it used to yep. it was 239 <laughs> yeah, it's last PF. year. Yeah. Uh, but if you were going into ortho, if you're going to nurse surgery, I mean, your step one score mattered because it set you apart. Yeah from your colleagues who are also applying to ortho. Exactly. And you, you all, if you had it, you could have had a glowing resume, a billion research projects. Well, like or, we said, I mean, it was three it was, sport captain, um, in undergrad. It was filter number one. It was, I yes. mean, it was, it was literally set as a filter for yep. a lot of these programs. Yep. They talk about in undergrad weed out classes, like your, your chem one ones, your organic chem of like, okay, we're going to find the students who actually want to do medicine. Step one is similar in that it's not weeding students out, but it is, it gives you, Separation. Sorry, I messed up my mic. Um, it gives you somewhere where you can compare yourself to your colleagues and say, this is where I'm going to stand out. Yeah. Now, you don't have that. You have step two, which used to be a supplement to step one, where if you, say, had a poor step one experience, didn't do as well as you wanted, you could make up for it with a glowing step two score right. and still be competitive. Right. Now it's your only score. Right. It's the only number on the page, other than your GPA in med school, where... It gives you a, a raw number, which granted, I don't think any student at this level should be summarized with a single number, but I think that your score did a lot for you. Um, you know, people will say, yeah, I'm not a good test taker. So, you know, I'm a great student outside that score. It doesn't matter. What that score still does though, is it, it tells programs they did, this student knew what that test meant. They knew how important a, a strong score was and and they went and obtained it. They they got the 250 that we require to even apply. Um, and so it did more than simply say, you know, oh, this student's smart. Um, there's a lot of work ethic and dedication and grinding it out to get that score. I mean, studying for step is a, it's a beast. Um, and now it's it's just totally different. I think the entire approach to all I need is a passing score 
changes what kind of work you're going to put in in the first two years of med school. Um, what do you I think? I mean, you don't set yourself apart from anybody with a P versus a P is a P now. Yep. Whereas a, a 245 versus a 225 That's literally a meant the difference, difference between becoming an orthopedic surgeon and not. Yep. I mean, seriously, you know, like it's <clears throat> now it's just a P. So I, I don't know the implications that this has. I, I'm not a program director. I'm not, you know, uh, maybe we can get our program director on here at some point in time and, and talk yep. to him about what he thinks about this and that'd maybe get some idea. other ones. I think, you know, that'd be a good thing for future episodes and see where they think this is headed. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the implications, you know, I'd love to have a, 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 a topic during this discussion on, you know, how'd you study for it? Like, what'd you use to study? What resources did you use? What'd you like? Obviously, everyone knows UWorld's kind of the, you know, the the, the master mm-hmm. of, of what you should be doing for studying, but there's so many resources out there, online med ed, um, you obviously yep. have first aid, the huge textbook that used to exist was, I mean, ridiculously big. Um, I think they have like uh, multiple other um, resources that have like, you know, sketchy and pathoma and all mm-hmm. these other things that yep. all these resources that, you know, thinking back to, I, I can't even remember them all. I have to look them all up. Yeah, that sounds but, about, that's pretty comprehensive. But I mean, you know, <clears throat> I don't, Anki, I mean, I don't even know that it's like worthwhile talking about how we study for it because I don't... <laughs> The, the reason we used to study so hard for it and base our entire first and second years around that exam is because that score, that individual score, literally de- almost decided what you could potentially do. Yep. It, I mean, it did. It, it sounds ridiculous, but it did. It, people can say, nah, that's not true. No, it did. It did. And it opened and closed doors because I remember specifically I was sitting, I was on <clears throat> family medicine, uh, sitting at my laptop when step one scores came out. Um, my score came out and I remember uh, immediately texting my mom and I was like I got the score I needed surgery still on the table yeah that was exactly. the first thing in my head exactly. because I knew what that number meant what it represents and yeah. if it hadn't been close enough to that number then I would have had to you know I can still apply surgery you yeah. can still apply to neurosurgery yeah, programs can, with yeah, a no step of, of 220 but your odds of getting in are yeah you know and and there might be that one person in the country who did there there yeah. is there's there always gonna be those, those couple of people but but majority of the programs are not even going to look at you now you right. know, because they have to figure out a way to weed applicants out some kind of way. Yeah. Like, there's no one can go through three thousand applications and, and interview that many people. Like, they have to get it. They have to dwindle it down some kind of yeah. way. So that was just one other form of objective data that they could use to help yeah. dwindle down that score. So I don't, I don't know where it goes from here. I do know that uh, step two is still a score. It still gives a quantitative number. Yep. And so I, I feel like you know, if I was a program director, there's just going to be a lot more emphasis now on the step two score. Um, but then again, I know applicants who were taking step two so late that they weren't gonna have their score in time by the time they submitted applications. Yep. So if you're doing military, you need your score earlier. Um, I agree though, that it's now you had two scores on your profile. Now it's one <clears throat> in general, as a general rule of thumb, people do better on step two. Right. And that's for various reasons. If you want to say, because it's a different type of test, it's, it's testing more clinical knowledge, um, some say it's just it's easier information. I think that's debatable. Um, but in general, people tend to do better on step two, meaning that applicants that step one might have divided better, might have separated apart. Right. Step two won't do. Uh, and so I think it's now harder to get a leg up on your 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 cohort applying in the same um, program as it used to be. It's much harder. And I know this because I have one of my best friends is currently applying uh, to orthopedics um, and he only has a step two score available, which he hasn't taken yet. He's still a third year student. Right. But he's told me that, you know, how frustrated he is. Part of this is me feeling that because I'm frustrated for him. But he knows now that he's limited and how much, he, how can he stand apart? Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> I think, I think it's harder 
now that they've put so much emphasis on step two because you take step two after your third year. Third year, it's a lot harder, in my opinion, to study the the way you need to for these step exams. During, during years one and two, you go to lectures and you study for step. That's about it. Step for third year, you're going on clinical rotations. You're in the hospital. You're working sometimes same hours residents are, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but you have less dedicated time sitting at a desk actually studying uh, because you're working more of a resident schedule. Um, you know, it, that schedule fluctuates. It's harder to have a dedicated study period. Um, and so I think if that's the only score you have and you're trying to be a neurosurgeon and you need a really high step two score, it's more of a challenge now. I, I think you're limiting, I, you know, I know why they did it. Um, I think it was to try to be, uh, to try to take some of the emphasis out of the importance of just, you know, one number. I think they want right. to look at the more, uh, the entire picture of that resident um, <clears throat> and to, to get, away from the a score determines your future kind of thing. Sure. But it, it's the reality of the situation is it still is going to exist. Right. Neurosurgery is never going to not be competitive. And all you've done is place more emphasis on step two. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a great topic and something to look um, forward to moving forward and just and seeing what the implications is going to be with step exams in the future and residencies and, matching and you know like i said this will be the first year after after january 22nd of last january 26th of last year 2022 is when they stopped reporting a score at all and it's purely pass fail so i think we'll start to see what the you know what the data shows and is it is it going to be where residencies are just really focusing more on that step two and maybe letters of rec now and you know other things on your application i don't know maybe end of it they might even start looking at the m uh m MBNE the, the scores like the, the the exams you take at the end of each rotation. Yeah, you know they your may shelf start, exams. Yeah, they may start looking at shelf exams. I mean, I don't I don't know. So um, you know, hey, look, if you're listening, I would we would love for y'all's feedback on this. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in med school right now and going through this, you know, what do you think? How, do you like this change? I mean, for some of y'all, you may not know how the changes work. Like you said, you have a third year <laughs> buddy who's like pretty frustrated with it because he can't really yeah. set himself apart now. Um, you know, what do you think of the change? Do you like it for current residents? What do y'all think? Uh, any any other people in the medical field listening, uh, college students getting prepared to go to med school, you know, knowing now that, you know, uh, step one is now just pass fail. It's, it's no longer something that has to encompass your whole first two years of trying to study for this daunting exam. Um, you know, we'd love to get y'all's feedback on it. So let us know what you think. Send us an email. Give us updates. Um, we would love to have some more discussion on this moving forward. But for now, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. Hey, y'all. We appreciate y'all listening to today's episode on Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We hope that you tune in to the next episode. We don't know when it's going to be released. We're so busy. We're just we're putting them out when we get chances to. Uh, we're listening to what you guys tell us. Um, some of y'all send us responses on Instagram. Some of y'all send us direct messages um, on, on TikTok. Whatever it may be, keep reaching out to us. We're going to keep putting this podcast episode out there for you guys. Yeah, email us with episode ideas, with questions you have. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode, we'd love to have you. If you have something to bring to the table, we'd love to, uh, to get you involved in any way possible. Uh, we're, we're posting content on, on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And so 
continue to tune in, continue to follow us and share it with your friends, uh, pre-med students, med students, undergrad students, anybody in the general public. We're trying to reach as many as possible to give you an insight on what it is like day in and day out to be a general surgery resident. Yeah. The only way you're going to find this is on this podcast, guys, DFWTP. You have to find it. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, whatever playlist you might use, whatever podcast servicing you use, listen to it there. Check out our Instagram. It's DFW, the pancreas. Check out our TikTok, DFWTP. And you can shoot us on email at dfwthepancreas at gmail.com. Any ideas, anything you want to hear, anything you want from us, let us know. But you got to keep listening. You got to keep sharing it. And y'all tune into the next episode. We'll see you there. Don't fuck with the pancreas.